Hey there, welcome back to the Expert Edge. Uh, today is a doozy, which means it's a good thing. <laughs> I had the chance to have a deep conversation with what I believe to be the leading messaging expert uh, in the world at the moment, and that is my good buddy, Brandon Lucero. Uh, we talk all things niche. So if you've ever struggled with your niche or your niche, uh, we talk about how to structure that. Um, how to message based on problem as opposed to solution. This is really interesting. We talk about identities uh, and give you a whole bunch of tools and tips to create amazing headlines for your ads to attract your ideal avatar and identity as Brendan calls it. So I think you're going to love today's episode. If you find it valuable, please take a screenshot, share it in the stories and tag Brandon and myself uh, in the stories and let us know that would it goes a long way I really appreciate that and if you haven't followed me on social media or Brandon make sure to head over to our Instagram give us a follow send us a DM let us know that you're a podcast listener and uh, I really really will appreciate in fact if you let me know you're a podcast listener I'll send you a secret little training that I have that I normally sell for $197 I will send it to you for free. If you come and you follow me, you share it, you share the, po actually, let's do this. You share the podcast on social media, uh, take a screenshot, tag me, tag Brendan, uh, and send me a DM. Let me know you're a podcast listener and I'll send you a link to get access to a secret training that I normally sell for $197 completely for free. Uh, so I hope this is amazing. I know it will be. Uh, let's get into it all about messaging to make you millions. You are listening to the Expert Edge Podcast. This is the place where experts come to command the stage, position themselves as authorities, and scale their business up. Get ready to access your next level of potential with your host, Colin Boy. Brandon Lucero, welcome to the Expert Edge, brother. Colin Boyd, thanks for having me, man. Glad to, to be here. Glad to be back. So good, mate. Uh, I'm excited to have a conversation about messaging. I uh, love to pick your brain. I think you're absolutely brilliant when it comes to creating messaging. And I know that messaging is such a powerful and important, crucial part of building any sort of profitable expert business. And I think that uh, you have a very unique approach on it. And and I just love all the all the work that I've done with you when I've brought ideas to you and we've we've talked about stuff. In fact, one of my core little offers that I have, which is called the conversion story, came out of a conversation with you. Because I, I think yeah. I was calling it the signature story program. And you were like, dude, everyone talks about the signature story. You need to come up with something different. And I came up with the conversion story. And that's just been crushing it. So yeah. uh, kudos to you. Uh, and so let's unpack some of the psychology behind that to really make sure. people's messaging pop. So first of all, uh, tell me about the the unique way that you view messaging compared to other people you mentioned about the problem versus the outcome unpack that that idea for me yeah i think for us you know everything is about how humans process information and i think so many people when they communicate they communicate from their perspective or where they are at um and you know like as as a parent um you know the kids are my my number one messaging tool and because they don't operate off of logic and they operate off of emotion and that's how most humans are 
And so what I've learned through my kids is that we have to meet our kids where they're at. So like when your kid's screaming and crying and you're like, Hey, just go clean your room and everything will be fine. That doesn't really work. But if you say like, Hey buddy, I see that you're crying. You're really upset. What's going on? Talk to me. Well, we're meeting them where they're at. We're validating the emotions. Mm. We're understanding the problem. We're, we're getting more information on what the problem is. And then that opens up more rapport that opens up more, that opens up the person more. And I think as business owners, sometimes we get so caught up in like, here's what I'm going to say, and here's what I do, and here's how I'm going to help. And here's the benefits I can give you. And that's the same thing as a parent going up to the kids saying like, just clean your room and then we can have dessert and then we can do this and then we can, and then everything will be fine. It just does. It just doesn't work. And so what we do in the approach that we take is when we work with people is I first ask them, like, what are the problems that you solve? And to be honest with you, like 90% of the people I talk to can't tell me that within two minutes, let alone 30 seconds. And you should know those very specific problems within 30 seconds. Then the people that do know the problems, they're very generalized. They say things like, well, I help overwhelmed moms, um, uh, become less overwhelmed or what? And it's like, okay, cool. When you say overwhelmed to a mom, to a hundred different moms, there's going to be a hundred different interpretations of what overwhelmed looks like. And there shouldn't be, you should be so specific on the problems that someone is going through that when they hear you talk, their subconscious, their automated response reaction is, oh my God, that's, that's exactly me. So instead of saying like, you're an overwhelmed mom, you say something like, you can't get the kids out of the house on time for school three times every week. And the only way you can do it is by screaming at them a minimum of two times. And now when someone hears that, they go, oh my God, that's me. And when you get someone to the point of, oh my God, that's me, there's a feeling of that person understands me. It's almost like that validation with a kid. It's like, I, I see that you're, you're upset. Like, tell me what's going on. They feel heard. They feel understood. But what's also happening is you become hyper relevant to their specific situation. And the more relevant you become, you can become to someone's, sorry, the more relevant you can become to someone's situation, the more trust they have, not only in you, but the more trust they have in your ability to fix their problem. Because the only way you're going to be that laser specific is to speak from experience. And mm. if you can understand someone's problem, what happens automatically for people is they go, this person understands the solution. They know how to fix it. Like the only way to be that specific on what's going on and to be inside my head is because they've been there before. So that's kind of the approach um, that we take is the short answer is we focus more on like problems and how people process information. And then we plug what you do into that starting point. I, when I studied uh, NLP, they talk about that process of pace, pace lead which is essentially, you know, connect with where the person's at before you try to lead them anywhere or take them right. anywhere. Right. And what I'm hearing is like, this is a really um, specific, narrow, or like you, there's specificity on a deeper level because you're not, you can't have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with everyone. Right. This is like general messaging, marketing, whether that be on, you know, social media or on video or whatever it is. So it's like, what I'm hearing is that the more specific you can be in mm -hmm. articulating their problem, it enters their mind. They go, this person gets me. They understand me. It kind of paces them with right. you. 
and that sets you up to lead them to the next thing. Is that kind of part of the process and your thinking around it? Yeah, it's part it's part of the process. Um, I guess technically it is pacing, but what I have found is like when you understand, it's more of also just, <clears throat> well, let me put it this way. You will get that sort of reaction from people as like that validation, that rapport. Mm. Yeah, you're pacing them. But what it does is it also sets the tone for the rest of your messaging within your entire ecosystem. Because now not everything is based off of like the end goal. It's based off of uh, like a very specific problem. And let, let me give you an example. Um, if I found out one of the biggest problems that my audience has is that they're putting out content three times a week and they're not getting any results, they're not getting traction. The content's gold. Like they're very proud of it. Mm. They're just confused as to why it's not, not landing. Well, I understand that problem. So if I wanted to create like a webinar or an ad or something like that, mm. what, and what I would do, cause I teach messaging. What most people will do is you'll say, I uh, learned how to create seven figure messaging and that may or may not work. But now if I look at that problem that they're having and I go, what's the real problem? They're not getting the traction. They're not getting engagement. They're not getting whatever. Now I can start to craft titles like how to get engagement, how to create engaging content without using how to all the time or without having to post three times a week. So now what's happening is when we understand the problem, we can actually start to craft more effective webinars, titles, funnels, content, because we're not focused on the end goal. We're focusing on that problem. So yeah, pacing is kind of like that first like surface level way of looking at it or thing that's happening, I guess, mm. but it actually starts to affect everything that you do. And then the brand, because even like the educational content, the things that you talk about all stem from an actual real problem that people are having. And when we can do that, we start to speak a little bit more to like their subconscious or their automated responses. Mm. So, because if someone's so struggling- Can I ask, in yeah. being more specific, does that access the subconscious more effectively? It does. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so what happens is what happens is people, people will, um, a lot of people think the more generalized you are, the more people you will reach, which may be true, but what happens is the more relevant or specific you be, the more specific you become, the more relevant you become, the more relevant you become, mm. the easier sales become. Yes. Um, and so there's also ways to become super specific and still be relevant to a wide range of people, mm. which we can talk about mm. in a second. But the reason why being specific works and speaks to the subconscious is because we have our nervous system. And what mm. happens is when people feel like they're being talked about, called out, when you're describing them, it sends their nervous system into flight or flight usually. And when that happens, they're ultra focused on you. For example, if I said, Anyone listening to a podcast on headphones clearly doesn't know and hasn't paid attention to the research that has shown shown us that if you listen to podcasts with headphones, you actually retain 50% less information. What you should be doing is taking the headphones off and listening to your car because that's what the science shows us. Now, that's not true. I just made all of that up. But the point is, is if you were listening um, to headphones, the second I said, if you're listening to head to this with headphones right now, I'm willing to bet that your attention just went through the roof to what mm. I was saying. You're like, I need to pay attention to what <laughs> that's so saying. Good. It's kind of like this, Colin. Like if I said podcast hosts that wear like a denim shirt over like a black shirt are some of the best looking <laughs> podcast hosts out there. <laughs> and that's true. That's research. 
That is baseball. Yeah, that is that's, true. That's, that's fact true. science. Yeah. <laughs> like your, your subconscious, even though you knew what I was doing is like, oh, I'm going to wonder where he's going with this. He's, he's talking mm. about me. I wonder what he's going to say next. And so mm. what starts to happen is like when we have oversaturation in the market, we have all these ads coming in Yes, and, and you have messaging and copy that's coming through talking about a very specific identity or problem or a very specific problem that you're going through. The mind automatically goes, Hey, they're talking about you. They're talking about your situation. Let's see what they have to say. Let's pay attention to what they're they're doing. And so, um, you know, we experience this every day. Like when you are scrolling on Facebook or on your phone, like there's a piece of content that you'll watch and you'll automatically click on it. You won't think about it. You don't make a conscious decision on should I click on this? Should I not? Why? You just do. There's something that happened there, whether they used one of your identities or they talked about a very specific problem you're going through, or they described the situation you're going through or how to fix a situation that you're currently going through. The mind automatically goes relevant to you. This is interesting. Click on it. That's all a subconscious automated process, but no one really ever talks about how to create content, messaging, webinars, sales funnels from the perspective of like, what's going to, how do I communicate what I do in a way that starts to create these automated responses? And that's kind of the approach that we, we like to take is, is helping people do that. And it just makes you a much more effective um, communicator. And oh, I've just, I've learned a lot of it just from having kids, honestly, <laughs> just like, how do I get my kids to go to like, pick up the dog poop? All right, let's try some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, in, in terms of creating content uh i liked what you well before we started the podcast you were talking about this like scientific approach because i think mm -hmm. that a lot of people can get into that problem of they're posting on social media on instagram facebook you know a couple of times a week which is what people tell you to do right the social right. media experts tell you to do post more regularly all that sort of stuff and then and sometimes they might get some good engagement and a lot of times they don't, or they just may not get any, and they're just confused. They feel like they don't know where to start. And they're like, is this thing even worth it? What's yeah. your philosophy on content creation and building audiences around that? Yeah. So I think um, a lot of people get wrapped up in this idea that are like the focus of content should be to build an audience and to add value. And I think that obviously we want to add value, but I think adding value, like quote unquote, adding value automatically gets uh, attached to educational how-to content. And so they just like try to blast a bunch of information. And that information, like I said earlier, usually comes from this idea of um, here's what I do and here's what my knowledge is. I'm just going to put it out there. So what I like to do is I don't look at content as like a field to create an audience. I look at it as a field to create a science experiment. And I'm going to put out content based off of problems that I think people are having. I will include like, here's some of my knowledge and how to as well, but I don't, it's like maybe 25 to 50% of the content we do. If yeah. So it's not. a, it's a subsection of your content. Right. And yeah. so we do all sorts of, we, we, we do all sorts of different types of content. We do diagnosing content. We do thought reversals. We do connection. We do do educational, but even our educational, there's like eight different ways to do educational content. But the reason why I bring all this up is because we look at it as a science experiment, meaning that mm -hmm. I'm putting content out there with the idea of, yeah, I'm going to add value, but I'm literally just going to test and see what works. Mm -hmm. Like I look at people's behavior because that's subconsciously driven. So if I put out 20 pieces of content and there's one piece of content that's crushing, it has all these saves, all these comments, all these likes, 
well, I'm going to mark that down. I'm going to be like, okay, cool. Like this is working. And let's try doing it five different ways. Let's try retitling it five different ways. Let's try communicating this five different ways. Same topic. And then let's put those out there or let's run them as through play campaigns. And so it's just a giant science experiment to figure out what's what's working based off of people's behavior because that's subconsciously driven. And then what we do is when we start to fine tune our content, we start doing more and more of what works, testing more and more things, our content starts to become more effective. And when you treat it as a science experiment like that and your content becomes more effective, a byproduct is audience growth because you're fine tuning and fine tuning and yes. bettering and getting better and getting better over time. And then what we do is like, if I have a top performing piece of content, well, guess what my webinar title is going to be? Guess what my whole funnel is going to be on is that one topic because it's already been proven to work. So instead of guessing all the time and, and hoping that it works, or even doing a survey result and just doing what my audience tells me to do. I'm doing stuff that I already know is going to work because mm -hmm. believe it or not, listening to survey results is still, it's going to, it's an educated guess, but it's still a guess. And the story I like to tell is like when I was, by the way, okay, well, let me just tell you the story. So it was uh, my wife's birthday. I think it was either birthday or Christmas. I can't remember. Hmm. And I, hadn't gotten a gift. So I go to Target, which by the way, is like one of the worst places I found out to buy a gift for like Christmas or birthday for your wife. For your wife. Yeah. yeah. And I, I was looking around and, and I go to the, like the home section and I see this vacuum and there's this vacuum that she wanted. And it was this Dyson vacuum, the ball thing she'd been talking about for like a year. Like I really want this vacuum. So I'm like, perfect. Let me get the vacuum. And I give her the vacuum and I want you to imagine the look on my face because I was I was like ear to ear grin. Like, I know where this like, is headed. Like I crushed it. I crushed it. Like she's going to give me a hug, high five, all this stuff. And the look on her face. And then you can see my heart sink to my stomach. And she's like, why did you get me a vacuum for, for my birthday? And like, that's you said you wanted. That was my first lesson. And like, just because someone says one thing, it doesn't mean that's what they really want. And so if I would have looked at her behavior, I would have seen like, cool. She's looking at like jewelry or a certain type of clothes or something else. Mm -hmm. If I looked at what her behavior was showing, um, I would have probably done a much better job picking out a present. It's the same thing with like a kid. You, they pick out a toy that they want to target and they come home and all they do is they play at the box. And so, uh, same thing with Henry Ford. He said, if I would listen to what people said they wanted, they would have told me faster horses. And it's like, they didn't even want faster horses. They just mm -hmm. wanted to go faster. Their behavior showing they want to go faster so he created a better way to go faster. And so that's kind of what we're doing. And what we found is when you do that, the byproduct is actually audience growth. Yes. Um, so hopefully so, that makes sense. So to clarify, what I'm hearing is, let's say you've got a podcast and uh, you want to know kind of like what is really resonating with your audience, what messaging we should be focusing on more, et cetera you're saying like, go to the data, like go to actually mm -hmm. what's the most downloaded podcast you have? What are the top five, top 10? And then how can we redo those angles from yeah. multiple different air, like ways so that you generate more of the content that the audience is really loving and that creates traction? Is that is that part of the process? Yes. There's, there's two parts to it. Yeah. There's, we have to figure out what to say, and then we have to figure out how to say it. So figuring out what to say actually first stems from you. You have to be very clear on what mm -hmm. you want to talk about. And I think a lot of people like are afraid they're afraid of the external world. So the way I like to describe it is 
Like, look, if you're in the forest and there's no one around you and you have this message and you just say whatever you wanted to say, there's no one around to judge you, what would you say? And then I ask people, I'm like, okay, now that you're back online and you put that out to the world, are you still have the same confidence to put that forest message out to the world? Because mm. if you don't, you're being controlled by the external world, whether it's a fear of haters, a fear of judgment, a fear of losing sales or whatever. But you have to first figure out what is it you want to say. Then you have to put it out to the world. This is what you were just talking about and yep. see which one of those topics that you're talking about is a home run. And then once you find out what's the home run, there's nine different ways to say the home run. So let's now let's start to test different ways to say it. So, you know, an example I like using is if I found out like one of my home runs was my son's room needs to be clean. Like everyone, like everyone in my house resonates with that. Like, yeah, yeah we love that topic, dad. Like, yeah, Will's room needs to be clean. Well, I could communicate that to Will like, hey, Will, clean your room because I'm your dad. Or I could say, hey, Will, Superman cleans his room in five minutes. Can you beat Superman? Same topic, same theme, same message, but two different ways on how to communicate it. So again, it's like almost like a three-step process, I guess. Like be clear on who you are and what you want to say. Yeah. So that's like the what you like the message you bring to the world that starts yep. there, but that's not where out, it ends. Yeah. Figure out what parts of it are the best and continue to test more parts of it. And then phase three is like, well, let's figure out how to communicate it in the most effective way. Mm. And this is why, like doing multiple pieces of content that are very similar is great. It's consistent messaging. This is why doing a webinar 10 times is, and I know you'll say the same thing. Like you're yeah. not, you're, the chances of you crushing your very first webinar is very unlikely. Mm, I, do. You, <laughs> I definitely you do. No, I didn't either. I yeah. think I, I had a webinar one time with one person on it. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> I've had many of those. Yeah. 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 And so, and you, have to, you just test it and tweak it. Mm. But I find that a lot of people look at like messaging or webinars or marketing as a math problem. It's very much like step one, step two, step three, and then I'm going to get a result. And that's consistent every time. It's like, no, every, this whole thing is a science experiment. Hmm. And if you're doing a science experiment and it didn't work out, like we don't get upset, think everything's a failure, contemplate if hmm. we should continue again. No, it's like, well, let me try to figure out how to do it again. It's like a fun little thing. And that's how I treat business is like when something doesn't work or an ad's not converting, I go like, well, let's, let's try it again. It's a science experiment. Let's just try it again. And, and let's see and test. And, and then when you let the data kind of guide what's working and what's not, it's, it's actually very easy to become successful. I find that it speeds up the process actually. Mm -hmm. I feel like it, what I'm like, for me, it kind of detaches myself from the outcome more because yeah, if I, if i see it as a science experiment it's not personal it's just how is the audience responding to this specific you know five words in my ad right. this language set and if the audience isn't responding cool we need to come up with a different angle so we're like turning up our curiosity yeah. um everything what you're talking about it's fascinating fascinating i was reflecting on um so my wife sarah has built uh, quite a large following on instagram Mm -hmm. um it's called resilience little hearts and um through her process she she's pretty much doing what you're talking about which was she would go back and she noticed like even certain colors mm. were responding better than other colors 
And then so she started using those colors more and then certain types of quotes uh, were responding better. And, and like basically, and then, and then like photos weren't responding as well as certain quotes. And then, and then it was like, it just refined and refined. And then yeah. I think it's at like 160,000 followers or something. Jeez, really? Um, oh That's yeah. Like all, all organic just blew up and wow. did exactly what you're talking about. It's like this yeah. snowballing effect of, of of um refining based on what the audience was responding to based right. on behaviors not on not on just like hey i want to just create content or like what you said like that angle of oh i just need to create valuable content right and as opposed to going what's the audience responding to like and making sure obviously your message aligns to that so right dude that's so good the the thing is is that i think a lot of people get stuck in like i want to say what i want to say in the way that i want to say it there's they're so rigid and there's no flexibility and there's no uh adaptation Mm. and i think part of the thing is is like even even with with sarah like what she's doing now likely won't even work six months from now or Mm. or a year maybe six months but a year from now and i think what people forget is that the environments around us change the, the yes. environment of where our messaging is and our marketing, like what's working now, like you're going to have to refine and evolve and paying attention to the data and what's working. And also like what's, when is something not working anymore mm-hmm. and becoming aware of that and not being so attached and stuck and rigid to like, Nope, I'm just going to force it. Cause that's just going to cause problems. But like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of these marketing philosophies or webinar and sales philosophies that we have in the online space now. I mean, to be honest with you, a lot of them were created like 10 years ago Mm. and they were created in a a completely different environment that we have today, but people are trying to force them or they think that it is a math equation. I just need to follow this one step and strategy and force it into the space. Mm. And it's like, no, you, you, you like, yeah, follow the process, but you need to be flexible and whatever. But for me, I look at it completely different. I'm like, I don't really want to follow a philosophy that worked 10 years ago. I want to follow a philosophy that works in this current environment. Um, and that's not even when we run ads, dude, we'll take ads that I thought were like going to crush it a year ago and flopped and we'll rerun them now and in a new launch or something because the environment is totally different. Mm. And sometimes they hit like home runs. Mm. And the reason is, is because people's awareness levels change. Like to give you an example, two years ago, three years ago, no one knew messaging was even a problem. Is this your shopping cart one? Close cart? That's always my favorite uh, No, (laughs) that one, that was one of my favorite ones ever. Yeah. Close cart, um, close cart. And close like, cart and we're running down with a shopping cart with, with clothes a shopping in it. Cart. Oh, there's clothes <laughs> in the cart. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I would um, love that one. But, but the, you know, people's awareness levels changed like three months or three years ago. No one, like if I would have said messaging your problem, people were like, what is, what is, what is messaging? Like, what are mm. you talking about? So back then, if I said, Hey, learn how to do messaging or is messaging causing a problem? It just didn't, doesn't work. Mm. So what I said is your content falling flat because that's where the awareness level was. Yes. And so we did that. We found that out through testing. Well, that ad that talked about messaging three years ago could technically work very well now because the awareness level of our space, the environment has completely changed where when people see it, they go, oh yeah, it is off. Or those are the problems Mm. I'm experiencing. And so that's another reason why, like what Sarah's doing is she's finding out what's working in this current environment. But three months from now, those quotes that are working for her may stop working. And because she's paying attention to the data, she will 
like find that, realize that, and she'll be able to adapt and, and shift and change. Hmm. Yeah, it's that. I think as an entrepreneur, like you really need to be adaptable uh, continually and not view it as as like failure, just simply yeah. feedback and going, okay, I need to adapt and all that sort of stuff. Love it. Um, talk yeah. to me about, um, I get asked a lot of questions in just, you know, general conversations with different clients and people um, always about like niche niching. What does niching mm. look like? What What is... Yeah, what does it mean to niche, etc.? And I, I really, I feel like you've got quite a unique angle on this. Could you talk to your philosophy of niching and and, yeah. and so forth? I was going to say I didn't know. I don't know if you've if you apparently you've or heard niche. Me talk about it niche or niche. niche yeah, <laughs> I, I was going to say I don't know if Colin knows what kind of worms he's opening right now because I love this topic. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Niche. Let's niche, open them. Niche. Whatever you guys want to call it. <laughs> the niche um, is niche like English Australian. And I don't niche. Know, I feel I've like heard... niche is more American. I think niche is more American. I, yeah. Did I get emails from people that are like, it's not niche, it's niche or <laughs> it's whatever. And I'm like, I don't like, this is what you're worried. This is what keeps you yeah. up at night. Like you, you, that's their problem. Energy, the way you should run an ad on that. Like, are you struggling with saying the word niche or niche? <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to the opt-in pages. Like who cares? <laughs> who cares? Totally. Dude, the things that people spend their energy on just boggles my mind. <laughs> it's like, don't you have a business guys. to run right now? Like, yeah, why, totally. Why but anyways, <laughs> yeah. um, I digress. So, you know, the I think the traditional way that it's taught or the way that people look at it is like, I need to look at my niche as almost like a, a category or a subcategory that I'm going to identify as. You know, it's like I'm a... Um, a plumber or I'm a plumber for residential or, mm. um, you know, to bring it to the course creator space. It's like, I'm a health coach, uh, for stay at home moms or, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. The, the problem I find with that is that when you label yourself into a certain category like that, it kind of puts you in a box and it puts you in a box of, of I need to stay within this. I need to talk to this type of person. I need to do X, Y, and Z. What I like to look at is the way I look at my niche is not necessarily like, hey, they have to be, they're in this category and this is what I do. I, I categorize it by problems and identities. So I look at what are the identities I want to attract. I want to attract course creators, online online business owners, and that's pretty much it. Like those are those are the yep. two identities. Um, and then I look at the problem. So like if you've been plateaued in sales and audience growth for at least three months, you're putting out at least three pieces of content that you think are gold and you're proud of, and no one's really getting, paying attention to it. And you just can't seem to get people to want your products. You feel like you're convincing them all the time. Like you have one of those three problems and those identities. Guess what? You're my audience. And that is my niche. My niche is someone who has those problems and those identities and what I find that it does is it gives me so much flexibility to talk about a lot of different things. For example, I will talk about how I think college is one of the stupidest things in the world, unless you know exactly what you want to do. I will talk about how I think it's crazy to send an 18-year-old $100,000 in debt and tell them to pick the thing they're going to do for the rest of their life. I just think that process is broken. That doesn't have anything to do with messaging. But because I haven't put myself in a box of my niche is messaging... I'm allowed to talk about those things. And you should, because that content starts to create connection. That content starts to get people to go like, wow, this guy talks about messaging, but I really like what he's saying over here. 
So mm-hmm. it gives me that flexibility to open up my message to other things that besides my skill. And that, and you do a great job of this too. Like you're constantly talking about like surfing and then you have like parent memes and stuff like that too. And that is actually what get people to really like you for you. Mm-hmm. And if I find what happens is when we go like, this is my niche and this is my category. And people like are again, so rigid in their, their, their niche. And then they also get so freaked out of like, ah, oh, I can't find my niche. I can't find the profitable, the right niche that it, it's like, dude, just figure out the three problems that you solve and what the identities are. And don't worry about finding a category who, who cares it mm-hmm. is not required at all. Um, so I kind of redefine how to niche with, with our students in our, mm-hmm. in our audience. Does, does that make sense? No, it doesn't at all. Okay. Let uh, me restart from the beginning. <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so what I've written down is identity plus problem equals niche. Yeah. And, and I, sometimes I'll even put beliefs in there too, but mm, I think identities and rather problems than problem. The, yeah. Beliefs. Yeah. Are the same, the same things. Yes. Well, I, I think problems, but like problems are different than beliefs. I think mm. the way I look yes. at a problem is like a real life experience, unwanted experience that someone's going through. And then a belief is sometimes what causes that real life experience to like manifest and mm. come to fruition. But, but, very simply mm. identities and problems is, is good mm. enough to get going. No, that, no, that's really helpful. But, but what I'm hearing is like, cause you kind of phrased as opposed to like a category, you know, I help plumbers, right. But you still kind of mentioned a category, which was course creators and, and online. Um, so, so what I'm hearing is, but, but the, the frame you're using is an identity. So it's like, yeah, it could be a, a category or, I mean, the, the, it's like a different language take on, on this piece. But well, what I really, what I like on. about it is, is like the combination of the two that when you were describing it of like, Hey, it could be these three identities. Um, and then you went deep into the problem. I could see that like evolution happening in my mind of going like, mm. wow, I really connect with that. That's really me. Right. And then what I'm hearing is like, there's don't basically like, don't get into that box of going, that's all you can talk about. There's a whole other things about your life and connection and things like that, that those identities would connect with that are going to attract them to you as well. Um, is that kind of, is that, am I on the right track or to, talk to me? On, yeah, you're hundred percent on. I the, thought I was right, on the right track. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said, no, nope, you, no. you got all wrong. <laughs> no, that's wrong, um, Colin. <laughs> No, but that's very interesting because I never looked at the identities as, um, you know, a niche per se. And I I guess Mm. it technically could be, but I think what you're right is the framing makes all the difference because Mm. even when you want to change, when you're like, cool, I've been using course creators and like online entrepreneurs as the identities of who I want to attract. And like, I don't want to attract them anymore. It's so easy to shift that to like, now it's going to be service providers. Whereas if we looked at it through this idea of a niche and you're like, oh my God, I chose this course creator niche. Oh my God, I got to change everything now because now I'm going after mm-hmm. service providers. It's It feels like such a big task when it really isn't. All you're doing is just changing the identity of who you want to attract. And all you're doing is changing some language and content mm-hmm. and messaging and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> so yeah, and by the way, the, the identity piece is huge inside of messaging. Um, like, yeah, talk to us about identity. So, I, I again, this is one of those other things where I ask. Do we have four hours? Yeah, we, I know. <laughs> talk about identity. 
Um, so, but well, identity is so huge and so important. And I don't think a lot of people like really pay attention to it at all. So it's kind of like problems, you know, it's, it's, if I asked you what identities are you trying to attract? Um, like most people couldn't tell me in 30 seconds, but identity is one of the most important things because it's one of the easiest ways to become unique inside of your space while also attracting exactly who you want inside of your audience. So if you're attracting the wrong people, I guarantee you, you've either not used identities or been intentional with it, or you're using the wrong ones. So let me just give you an example. If I had a video titled how to lose 10 pounds, I put that on YouTube. There's quite literally probably like 10,000 videos titled that are going to come up titled like how to lose 10 pounds. But if I said how stay-at-home moms can lose 10 pounds, well, now all, I, all I've done is I've, I've differentiated myself between those 10,000 results by putting in one phrase, which is stay-at-home moms. Now, if you're a stay-at-home mom looking to lose weight and there's all these lo- weight loss ads coming up and you're scrolling through and you see one says how stay-at-home moms can lose 10 pounds, like the chances of you clicking on that go way up because the person's standing out, but they're speaking to your identity when they speak to your identity it's really specific. So it sends again, that subconscious of alert, like, Oh my God, like they're, this is for you. Mm. And they click on it. Um, we can also add some sort of like result or time-based thing in the end of that too. So it'd be like how stay at home moms can lose 10 pounds in only five minutes a day. And that in mm. only five minutes a day is also guess what stemming from a problem. Stay at home moms usually don't have a mm. lot of time. They also want to lose weight, which is a problem. So now we have two problems and an identity in one title. So now we're we're like ultra speaking to the subconscious while making ourselves unique and stand out against all of our competition. And so that's why identity is really important because when you understand the identities, you also are going to understand the problems a lot more too. Mm. One last area to kind of dig into is um, because you talk about identities what you were unpacking then, which for me makes sense. Is this, is, I know there's another level to this around, there's probably like nine levels, but there's mm-hmm. another levels to it, which is that whole, um, like the struggling avatar and the future-based hero. Yeah. Do you combine those basic identities, so stay-at-home mum, and elevate them with the descriptions of the moving away, moving towards type of identities? Yeah. So um, we have two different identities called struggling avatar and future paced hero. These are identities that you're going to create within your brand. These are not identities that like cold traffic is necessarily going to relate to. Right. Um, But it's their identity when they come into your brand and they hear you talk and they stick around for a while, they will actually start to take on those things as a part of their identity. For example, if I knew I wanted to work with stay-at-home moms who wanted to lose weight and they just didn't have the time, they're like super frustrated. I could call them like um, uh, frustrated home home moms or something like that. Yeah. Terrible name. Don't use that if you're in that space. But <laughs> but to just give you an example, I'd have yeah. the video titled like how stay-at-home moms can lose 10 pounds with only five minutes a day. They start watching the video. And I said, okay, cool. You're a stay-at-home mom. You're frustrated. You can't lose the weight. You don't have enough time. I, you're you're what I would call a stay-at-home frustrated home mom. Or I, I forgot the name, but you hopefully you get the the point. frustrated home mom. Yeah, yeah, the frustrated home mom. You're what I call the frustrated home mom. And in this video, I'm going to give you five ways to do X, Y, and Z. And you go like step one is da 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 da. 
most people do this mistake here. And that's usually what most frustrated home moms do. So in order to fix that, we're going to do blah, 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 blah. And so the more I do this inside my content and the more I'm specific with what's actually happening, the problems, what starts to happen is they start to go, oh my God, I'm the frustrated home mom. Now they're identifying Mm -hmm. as the frustrated home mom. Now, and the same time, we want to create what I call the future-paced hero, which is a second identity is which they want to become, which is, let's just call it the, um, I don't know, uh, confident or strong home mom or whatever. Mm, yeah. So you say, but, and then you finish the video and you say, so if you guys can do these five things, you'll be like taking the first step to becoming what I call the confident home mom, where it's someone who like, is not a victim to their circumstances anymore, can do X, Y, and Z. And then now what starts to happen is they go, I want to be that. I want to be mm. the strong home mom. Now, you don't have to jam all of this into one video. You have to understand that messaging is an ecosystem. And we have 16 different elements that make messaging elements that you need. You can't put all of them into one video. Like people should be need to be required to go through multiple pieces of your content to experience yes. all of your messaging elements. So you could drop like the struggling avatar in one video and then the future space hero in like a podcast episode or do a whole podcast episode on one or an image slider on the other or one piece of content doesn't talk about either one of them. And you just have to understand that you, the, the more someone sits in your ecosystem, the more they start to go, oh my gosh, I'm over here and I want to be over there. I want to mm. be over here. And then what starts to happen is you become the bridge to get them from struggling avatar to future paced hero. And so what starts to happen is your content starts to create this demand. And so if we kind of put everything we've talked about in in a very easy package is those identities that they already identify as mom, stay at home mom, not having enough time, those start to go in our upfront content, like the cold traffic, you know, like even ads and things like that. Hmm. once they're a little deeper into our ecosystems, like the meat of the content or our emails and things like that, we start to drop more of like the struggling avatar future-based hero. Yes. The longer someone sits in our, our brand, they start to go like, oh my gosh, I need to work with this person or I really like what they have to say, that sort of thing. Dude, that's so good. I feel like we've covered some really good content today. Uh, yeah, we covered a lot. Niching, niching. Niching, uh, dude. <laughs> niching. Well, I'm niche. I'm all over the niche. <laughs> so I love that. Well, yeah, we talked about the specificity of identifying problems, talked about identities. Um, dude, so good. Uh, for those people who loved what you shared, which I know they will, Brandon, um, what's the best place for them to connect with you? I know you've got a great podcast, New Generational Entrepreneur podcast. Um, what are some other great ways, or do you want to chat through the podcast and some other great ways for them to connect with you? Yeah, I think the podcast and, um, Instagram are probably the best. So like the podcast, we talk about all these things. We go a little bit deeper with a lot of different topics. And honestly, there's so many episodes there already. Like if you love what you heard, we probably have an episode on every single element that we talked about today that you guys can, can dive through, um, new generation entrepreneur podcast. And then Instagram at, uh, it's at I am Brandon Lucero.com. And um, anytime we do like a workshop or like we, we started doing these things called mini masterminds where we invite some of our warm, our warm audience, like people who've been on our list for a while through these weekly or bi-weekly masterminds we do. Any announcements we do are going to be on one of those two platforms. So if you ever see us like talk about something, opt in and you'll start getting invited to some pretty private, intimate stuff that we do from time to time. So yeah, just check those two things out. Sounds great, man. Well, thanks for coming back on the Expert Edge. Yeah. I'm sure you'll be another returning guest. We always have good conversations. So um, thanks, brother. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.